0: Hey guys, this is John Barksell, and I just want to tell you, if you haven't listened to the Three Ball Podcast, you're missing out on a host that's headed for brighter lights and bigger things. Galt Goldman has a plethora of accurate statistics, and his sports acumen, acumen is second to none. Look out, Stephen A., Skip, Pollock, Cowherd, Patrick, he's next. Catch him now so you can say you were there in the beginning. Hello and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast, everybody. Today on the podcast, we are talking about way too much, in my opinion. But hey, it is what it is. Anyways, let's talk about it. So, let me break down the list of what we're talking about the Clippers and Suns reaction. Uh, Lu is he overrated? Uh, this is, well, this this whole episode is basically on recency bias. That that may be the title of the podcast. To be honest, it probably will be. The title is probably gonna be recency bias. But anyways, uh, predictions for game four of Hawks and Bucks. Uh, the Pistons won the NBA lottery, so congrats to them. I don't care about the draft, to be honest, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, Chauncey Billups is the new Portland Trailblazers head coach. Jason K. got the Mavericks job. Uh, yay. Yay. I don't know if I even talked about that on the last podcast. Who knows? Uh, and NC State was forced to forfeit their game, and Vanderbilt went to the college fo- uh, college baseball finals or whatever. Uh, Serena... Uh, Serena Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually... <laughs> ESPN sent me this thing, right? So I, I want to talk about that first. So l- let's talk about Serena Williams. So ESPN sent me a thing, right? And it said Serena Williams forced to retire. And I thought, dang, she got injured and she had to retire. Her career's done. It's over. Then I looked at it and it's just like, well, she had to retire this set. Don't put in the word retire. you have acting You're making it seem like she had to quit and she's done for the rest of her life with tennis. Don't don't say that. She had to retire. Like, if it popped up and said Shaq retired, or Shaq is retiring, breaking news, I'm assuming Shaq is retiring from the game of basketball, and he won't play professional basketball again. When you say Serena Williams retired, it better be Serena Williams is retiring from the sport of tennis, not, oh, she retired from the set. Okay, whatever. I just wanted to get that out of the way, because that shocked the the heck out of me, and I thought she was retired from tennis, and it wasn't that. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, So yeah. Anyways, let's get to it real quick. Uh, The Clippers' son's reaction. Let me get that box score, because I know people care about it, Uh, and I do care about it too, because Paul George dropped 41 points. My God. J as J always say, my God, I yeah, mean it's great. So last night, Marcus Morris scored 22 points. Reggie Jackson had 23. Paul George had 41. Terrence Mann had four. That's great. They they didn't start a big man. Nicholas Batum had two. My man, the Boogie had 15, and Yoki Farrell had two. Luke Kennard chatted for three. It is all good though. For the Suns, Jay Crowder had four, Miles Bridges hit five. Aiden only had 10. It only took nine shots, too. I don't know what they're doing. Chris Paul had 22 points, and Devin Booker had 31 points, but he also was 9-22 from the floor. Cam Johnson had 14. And Dario Sarge took... I I saw Dario Sarge took two three-pointers and missed back-to-back, and I turned the TV off, so that's what I saw from this game. There, as Arch had two points, he actually did make a shot, so congrats to him. But, so the Clippers win, and this made Ty Lue the winningest head coach down in elimination games. And now, suddenly, the narrative has changed that Ty Lu's this amazing NBA coach. Let's just, what are we talking about? Three years ago, he didn't coach anybody in Cleveland. Let's, let's stop acting like Ty Lue a top coach in today's game. I mean, Ty Lue is lucky enough to be a coach in an era where coaching doesn't matter. He's lucky enough to be in that era. Uh, Steve Kerr ain't no NBA head coach. Steve Kerr don't do no coaching whatsoever, in my opinion. And if you do coach, you, uh, nobody likes you. Um, which I'll get into, I'll talk about Jason Kidd with this too. Is Jay Kidd really a good coach? Who even knows? I mean, great. He had one losing year, but was it wasn't anything spectacular? Not really, but whatever. But my point here on Ty Lue is that the dude isn't a coach. He's run some poor defensive sets over the last couple years. It just don't make no sense. He's, he's coached under Doc Rivers everywhere he's been. He gets a job in Cleveland, except Except in Cleveland, I just like point out David Blatt had a winning record in Cleveland and got fired, and I don't still don't know why. It's because LeBron didn't like him, but that's that's whatever. David Blatt has a winning record. David Blatt took this game series to six when freaking it was just LeBron, but whatever, man. Like, when did Tyloo become a great coach? Please tell me what Tyloo does. And everybody says, well, Tyloo makes adjustments. What? you mean Tyloo changes the last dude on his bench every other game. Because I'll tell you, I've been saying forever. Go back and check the podcast before this in like the math series and the Jazz series. i I said. Boogie Cousins should be playing more. Boogie Cousins played 15 minutes or er, 11 minutes and scored 15 points. You know how many minutes Boogie Cousins played on Saturday's game where they lost 84 to 80. You know how many game? You know how many minutes he played? Zero or uh, technically one because he's in the game. So one one minute and you sucked him in so he could try to make a free throw and then miss a free throw. Like what? No, I've been saying this. Forever, that boogie cousin should be playing. The only thing Tyloo changes is the last dude on the bench. That's all Tyloo is doing. <laughs> Starting Zubak was hurt, so he had he looked he looked across the bench. He's like, ah, who we put in? Uh, well, I uh, yes, market? What what Tyloo changed about the game plan? Uh, I, I'm interested. Marcus Moore shot off from the floor. What was Tyler's game plan? Oh, yeah, let's go to him more. Now, I don't think Devin Booker is a great defender, but you go into a guy who was ice cold last game. <laughs> just it just don't make no sense to me. What's with t- you playing Terrence Mann 28 minutes? What was it? Uh, sorry 26 minutes in what's with starting Terrence Mann? I get it. he had the one good game, but what is Terrence Mann really doing for the team at this point? You know, he had a negative plus minus. He's the only guy in the starting five, or really the only guy who actually played besides Luke Kennard, who had a negative plus minus. That's great. Like what? What are Lu's adjustments? I've watched the games, and it don't look like he's changing nothing. It's just. Who's the last dude off the bench? That's what we're changing. By series to series. More like game to game. Because sometimes Boogie plays. And other times Boogie just sits on the bench. I'm confused. Ty Lu don't make no adjustments. Let's stop creating the narrative that Tyron Lou is a good NBA coach. He's an average NBA coach who's a likable guy. That's about it. Nate McMillan is a very good NBA coach. And we ain't talking anything about Nate McMillan in the sports media. Especially Stephen A. Smith and he wants to push all black black coaches are great narrative and he says nothing about Nate McMillan, but Ty Lu's a great coach. And y'all pushing the wrong narratives out there. You wanna create the narrative, which is not even creating. There are a lot of good African American NBA coaches. But why would you pick Tyron Liu out of all the dudes you could have picked and you're gonna push Tyron Liu as the guy who's a good NBA coach as an African American? And then, ah, I'm just streaking confused by it, but whatever. So, um, <laughs> that's my Tyron Lou rant real quick. So anyways, let's get to my prediction for game four with the Bucks and Hawks series. Uh, Trey Young list is listed as questionable or something like that. He hurt his, uh, he hurt his ankle in game three because of the ref. You know, he stepped on the ref's ankle. Not the ref's fault, that's Trey's fault, but, you yeah, know, it's whatever. Uh, Giannis went off. Chris Middleton decided he wanted to beat Kobe in that game. And he, he turned it on in the fourth quarter. He flipped the switch, as Christian would say. He flipped the switch. Um, I think I think the Bucks went again. As I do believe I said, I think the Bucks went in five, and I do think they still went in five. It's looking pretty easy. Trey played good. But Trey Trey's on the same line as the Steph Curry thing. Trey... I got uh, like the whole Trey Young thing. Uh, and recency bias on Trey Young too. Here's another little rant on recency bias. Trey Young, I, Kendrick Perkins said Trey Young, he would pick Trey Young over Luka Doncic to start a franchise. Okay, cool. What does Trey do better? This is interesting here. Interesting little topic. What does Trey do better? I mean, he can score, yeah, but. Is it consistent, man? This is the definition of inconsistent. He shot, he shoots below, <laughs> below forty percent, fifty percent, thirty percent, and then fifty percent again. It's like an up and down line here with the. I don't know what Trey's doing. Trey's inconsistent as can be. Nine turnovers in game two, by the way, and nobody talked about that. It was well, Trey had a bad game. It's okay though. And Trey, he didn't lead his team in assists the last game. And here's the thing about Trey This is why I hate NBA basketball today. And it happens with about everybody I can imagine. Steph, Trey. It happens with short guards all the time. Why do you need a screen to score? Okay, so here's the thing. Kobe, if he gets the ball, Kobe gets the ball. He ain't looking for the switch. Kobe's just going to go at whoever's guarding him. MJ's not looking for a switch. Anytime that you watch Steph Curry or Trey Young, they're they always need a screen or a switch. It is it pains me to watch. Why is Trey going to get the switch on a seven footer, and then he's not going to drive past him? He's going to take a step back three that would have been an easier shot to take with the six four dude guarding you, but instead you wanted the switch and you got a seven foot dude guarding you. Like what's the point of that? And Steph does it too, and people who are like, Steph's double teamed all the time, you should really lay off Steph, he's double teamed. That's the way he plays, he needs a screen. And if somebody's gonna set you a screen, how many people are next to you? Two. If Steph took a guy one on one on the dribble, most of the time, and took mid range jump shots, there would be no double teams because the way Steph played, the way I would like Steph to play, you can't double him. And if you do, there are, gonna be, there, are gonna, there are going to be people open under the basket. When Steph needs to come off a screen, he's leaving Kavon Looney to stand at the three-point line. Kavon Looney ain't no jump shooter, so of course they're going to double him from half a second so they don't have to switch. And it's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen that these guards need switches all the time to score the basketball. It makes me frustrated and mad to watch NBA basketball. Anyways, I think the Bucks win in four. The Bucs win game four, and I think they win in five. Hopefully, they prove me wrong. Though, Who knows? Uh, the Pistons won the NBA draft lottery, so congrats to the Pistons. I assume they're picking Kate Cunningham. Don't really watch college basketball that much anymore, so I don't know anything about Kate except he's supposed to be good, so hey, congrats for the Pistons for getting the number one pick. Apparently, Kate's the consensus number overall one pick, too, just like LeBron and Darko Milicic being the consensus number two overall pick, so congrats to Darko, but it's not the point, it's not what we're getting at, so let's move on. Chauncey Billups is the new head coach in Portland, man. What did Chauncey do to get the job? That's my question here. Uh, Chauncey hasn't coached the Summer League team, I don't think. Chauncey hasn't really done anything. Chauncey's just, and I hate to be this way, Chauncey's just a former player who's an assistant coach, and you think he can do the job. And it really boils down to nobody wants to hire Becky Hammond because she's a woman. This is really what this is boiling down to. Becky Hammond actually has more credentials to be an NBA head coach than Chauncey Billups, but Chauncey is going to get the job because he is an assistant coach. He's a male too, by the way. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. He's a male, so he's going to get the job here. This is basically what this is boiling down to now. Um, and I think I think I said on my last podcast that I don't think Becky is going was going to get any of these jobs because she's a woman. And that's not fair to her, but that's just how the NBA be rolling. And I don't know. It's it's tough. But like, golly. Becky Hammond should have an NBA job. I really do believe she should. But that's not how the NBA works, apparently, and... They assume because you were a good player, you're going to be a good coach, and that's just not how it works. Like, people, I I have really read on Instagram that people think Chauncey Phillips will be a great coach because he has good basketball IQ and he was a former great point guard. You know who else was a great point guard and good basketball IQ? Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson sucked as an NBA head coach. You know who else did that? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas sucked as a head coach, too. You know, you know who other great point guard What's that Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was an average NBA coach. Is Steve Nash a good coach? No. I don't think so. Steve Nash is a little bit below average in my opinion. Playing the starters 85 minutes a night, but that's just me. So what good starting point guard has actually been a good NBA coach? I'll wait for you. Steve Kerr? Oh wait, Steve Kerr wasn't a starting point guard. Hmm. Okay. I'm just saying, this is a little... a little fishy to me, a little suspect that, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Damien Lillard actually wanted Jason Kidd as the head coach, and Jason Kidd said, nah, that ain't for me, fam. But whatever. Speaking of Jason Kidd, he's the new Mavericks head coach. I I don't know, man. The only thing Jason Kidd famous for as an NBA coach is spilling a drink on the floor. That's about it. I mean, he had one losing year. I mean... That's what we wanna hate on Kid. I didn't watch many Bucks games at the time I was a fan of Kid as the head coach. I mean you had a lot you had a lot of seasons where he had the winning record or a 500 record where Javari Parker played like seven games or some crap because of Jay, because Javari Parker tore his ACL again. Middleton only played half the season. Giannis wasn't no Giannis yet. So, kids, a very weird NBA coach, in that matter. It's good to see him get a second chance, but I wish it wasn't with Dallas as a Max fan. I wish it wasn't with us. So now, that we're at the end of the podcast. Now, let's get to NC State. They were forced to forfeit because of COVID protocols. Man, that sucks. Let's talk about it, though. You know, for the players that tested positive for coronavirus... Also were fully vaccinated. And they also have a basically 99% chance to live at this point. So you, you're telling me uh, you have a higher chance of drowning and being eaten by a shark than these players have of dying from COVID. And, but the fans can sit up there unmasked and do whatever. But the players can't play. Whatever NCAA. This is just for Vanderbilt at this point, man. It it frustrated me that they had they had to forfeit the game. They only lost to Vanderbilt three to nothing with like or it was either three to nothing or three to one with like thirteen players, (laughs) and then four players who were fully vaccinated test positive. Uh, Nice job, Vandy! Congrats for that. But man. That's, that's uh, that's not fair in my opinion. Uh, So basically, since I have, since since you guys have, if you can swim, you have a, I do believe, let's see. Because I want to look it up real quick. So, COVID survival rate. Let's get that real quick. But it's just confusing to me because... Do-do-do-do-do-do. Confusing to me. So, mm, mm, mm. yes, 99% of people survive COVID-19. That's cool. So, um, let's see. I'm going to pick. Let's do chance of drowning in a pool. Let's Let's get that real quick. Um... Because I, I was gonna do like a st- statistic here, but basically I was gonna do something along the lines of hey, since you have a ninety nine percent chance of surviving with COVID, you can't play though. So when if you go to the pool, you should wear your floaties and a life and a life jacket in the pool because there is a small percent chance that you might drown, even knowing how to swim. That's just that's just true. So you should wear your floaties and a life jacket. There you go. You should... I'm trying to think of other situations, too, that could be funny. Like, you should not go into the beach. You should not go to the beach and get in the water because you have a higher chance of being eaten by a shark than dying from COVID-19. You should not ever walk out in the street again when it's raining or it might be a thunderstorm because you have a higher chance... Of dying by a lightning strike, then you do die of COVID 19 if you're in that age group that I'm talking about with college baseball players. So that's just a fun fact. Um, remember, wear your floaties on a life jacket if you go to swim. Uh, wear your mask at all times, please, and get fully vaccinated all the time because that's important. Um, POTUS said you need to be nicer to people and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> Just, like, get all my frustrations about that out of the way. Now, uh, I think tomorrow's podcast will be with Brandon. And then Thursday's podcast is AW. AW's back. woohoo! Uh, and so, yeah. I think it should be fun. And then Connor is going to be on the podcast at some point again. And we're going to be reacting to our uh, some of our favorite tweets. So, if you have any funny tweets, please send them in because that'd be funny. I'm going to do a lot of wrestling tweets because I'm a big fan of wrestling. So, hey. Um, but, anyways, thank you for listening to the 3Well podcast. Stay safe and peace out.